it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. Welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. This is episode 46, and I'm Allison Carraway. I'm one of the community managers from the Award Travel 101 group, and tonight we're giving Joe and Angie a break. I have our moderator, Jackie Wisniewski, on, and we're going to talk about our trip to Rio de Janeiro. What's up, Jackie? What do you have on your plate for the month of December? Hey there. Thanks for having me on tonight. So at this point, we are looking ahead to some time in Europe at the end of the year, going into the new year. So looking forward to that. That's awesome. My December is the busiest month at work. So I don't have any Christmas trips or anything planned. It was just going to be too hard to get away. So I guess I'll be looking forward to next year and see what kind of stuff the calendar fills up with. Yeah, hopefully you get some downtime to maybe do some trip planning for 2024. I know. I have absolutely nothing on the calendar right now, and it's a little sad. I feel like Angie, she also doesn't have a whole lot of plans. (laughs) Oh, no. I've got a lot of ideas, but not a lot of plans. Exactly. We're going to talk about our Rio trip on this episode. We might bring P. Drew in later on for some, and add some color to the narrative because Rio was a pretty chaotic and fun time all at once. And I think it'd be fun to hear some of his opinions on it from his non-Taylor Swift view looking in. We're going to go ahead and get started with our post of the week. And I've picked a post from Alicia Carroll. And she asks, has anyone ever had airline miles stolen from their account? Last night, someone managed to hack into my Alaska Airlines account and proceeded to steal 140,000 miles and book a flight with Qatar Airlines with it, then changed the email and phone number on my account. And she goes on to describe the poor customer service that she's getting in relation to Alaska. And they kind of seem disinterested to help her. So I was just curious, like, how do you protect your accounts, Jackie? What do you do in this case? Or Yeah, so I did see that post and it is really disappointing to hear how Alaska's been reply- responding to her. A couple years ago, my player two actually had some fraudulent activity on his Chase Ultimate Rewards account. Someone had called into Chase and managed to social engineer the customer service representative into transferring some of his UR out to IHG. And so when we caught it, we caught it because he got an email and thought, you know, maybe I had made the transfer. And so once he confirmed it wasn't me, he talked to Chase and they handled it really well. They quickly reinstated his points and it was no issues at all beyond that. They advised him to add some additional security on his account. But absolutely anywhere you can have two-factor authentication is going to be something that you'll want to opt into at this point because there's just so many different ways that these fraudsters can get into your account. Yeah, it's scary how easily some accounts can be accessed. Like, definitely make sure that you're using unique passwords across all of your accounts. I use a password manager to take care of all of my passwords for me now. And you could even usually find these password managers on shopping portals and get a really excellent deal on them. So everybody should be doing that. Just don't use the same password across everything. Having award wallet is also incredibly helpful to kind of track these sorts of activities because anytime your balance goes up or down on an account in award wallet, they'll send you a notification and be like, your balance has dropped by 25,000 points. And if that wasn't you, you suddenly have a heads up from award wallet on that loyalty account. And then you can go check it out and try and get in touch with their fraud team and get it resolved. Absolutely. I'm lucky that P2 is pretty diligent about reading his emails. I certainly am not. 
So if I didn't have something monitoring my balances or something else, then I may have not have noticed it from only an email notification. So I think it's really important that you stay organized or at least have a few systems in place to make sure that you can keep an eye on things. Exactly. I have between myself, P2, and also my parents' loyalty accounts in my award wallet. We have over 100 accounts loaded into my award wallet. So it's monitoring all of those for for me to look for account balance changes and like expiring certificates or anything unusual that is happening with your loyalty account. It's a really handy tool to just keep you on top of your points and make sure everything flowing as it should and not into somebody else's hands. Definitely. We're going to move on to the news of the week. We've got a few things to talk about. If you're an AA Advantage card holder, they've changed the way that your points credit to your loyalty points accounts. Previously, because your card closes on a statement date and your points post at that statement date, it was a little iffy whether you would earn your points until the end of February, which is the end of the elite status earning period. Now they've changed it. So no matter when your status closes, all of your spend and loyalty points that you've earned on your card will credit through February 29th of 2024. So your statement will no longer impact this and they'll go back and fix your loyalty points and make sure that the entire month of February, which is the last month to earn status, credits to your Advantage account. Another point of news that we wanted to talk about was there's been and no notice devaluation from British Airways. And they've raised the price of Avios Awards for both American Airlines and Alaska Airlines. And this is one of my top programs that I use to book American. So I'm pretty disappointed in this. The increase is anywhere from 10% to 23% more Avios required for these American Airlines flights, a flight that would previously cost 7 thousand points is now going to cost 8,250 avios. Some of the more expensive flights like down from the U.S. down to the Caribbean or Central America previously would be 13,000 avios and it will be now be 16,000 avios. So slight increase there, kind of disappointing since that's one of my main programs I use to book American Airlines. Well, it's a bummer, but I guess one good thing about BA is that they're pretty generous it seems like with transfer bonuses maybe you know just be a little bit more cognizant about when those transfer bonuses are coming up as well to kind of lessen the blow on those exactly since i know i use british avios the next time i see a forty thousand or 40 percent transfer bonus roll around i'm going to be moving a little bit more than i usually would because this is one of my favorite programs to use and pick up american flights with you want to talk about the next point of news Virgin Atlantic can now book Aero Mexico online. You don't have to call anymore. Yeah. So this is something I actually booked this in October, in early October. And I've already flown my flight that I booked with them. So from there now, these awards are now searchable online. And so I, I haven't hunted around too much. But since I'm based in Austin, it now costs and is bookable online for 7,000 Virgin Atlantic miles to fly from Austin to Mexico City. So I ended up, there was business availability the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And so that's how I ended up flying home by making my way up from South America. So we flew from Mexico City to Austin and that was 15,500 Virgin Atlantic points. But, you know, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, it was the only thing available. And it, it, was, a, it was a deal at the time to get home to the city we wanted to on the day that we wanted to. Uh, so I'm very happy about uh, this update as that's a route that I fly fairly frequently. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about as well. The DFW to Mexico City route. And now I can book it with Virgin Point, which is handy because I have some stranded there from some flights I canceled earlier in the year. So I'm really looking forward to another trip down to Mexico City. I love that town. It's a great place. Yes. The last point of news, it's kind of a holiday special. We're going to talk about some of the credit card perks that you can gift for the holidays. So 
not only do credit cards have some benefits that you can pass on to others, there's a few features in loyalty programs as well. When I think about this, I think about all of the cards that I have that have unused TSA pre-check or global entry or clear credits because I only need three global entries for my three members of my household. And I probably have six or seven other credits just sitting around not being used. So I could definitely hook my parents up or possibly my sister with global entries so that the next time they go on a trip, they'll have pre-check and be able to easily get back in through customs and immigration when they get home. That's a great gift. There's also hotel free night awards. And for some of the programs, you can actually gift a free night to friends. I know Hyatt is incredibly easy. You can just call in and book under somebody else's name. You can gift your free night certificate. If you have globalist status, you can even book a guest of honor booking and that passes your globalist status onto your friend or family member who's staying in your room. So they might be able to get the breakfast, room upgrade if it's available, everything that your status would entail. Um, Hilton, Marriott, IHG, Choice Hotels, Best Western even. (laughs) I haven't heard that program in a while. All of those have ways that you can book an award stay for a friend or family member and hook them up with a free hotel night as a gift. So that could be a really cool Christmas present for a friend who likes to travel a lot. You don't really know what to give them and want to give them some inspiration to their travels. All right, we are going to get right into our highlight feature and we're going to talk about our trip to Rio de Janeiro. It was Oh a- my gosh, it was so much fun. It was a great trip. We went as a group. So it was myself and my P2 Drew, Jackie and her P2. And then we had three other Award Travel 101 members that we're pretty close friends with in general from Meetup and living in Texas and just talking online a lot about points and miles. All seven of us went down to Rio de Janeiro. Yes, I'm so glad we had the opportunity to do this as a group. And it was so fun to have like a little crew to explore the city with and go to the show. I think we had just like an amazing time and just kind of, you know, we went to a show that was canceled. So handling, handling some logistics in real time is a lot easier when you've got a crew of pretty seasoned travelers, I feel like. Um, so we... We definitely, we made, we made the best of the trip. And we'll, we'll tell you more a little bit later. Yeah, it was, it was pretty chaotic at times. And when it wasn't chaotic, it was like extreme fun. It was like a teeter-totter, whether everything was going awry and falling apart or if it was just like the best times of our lives. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was, it was such an adventure. Do you want to talk about how you booked your flights to get down there and back home? We'll go over the boring trips, travel stuff first, the points and miles aspect. Exactly, exactly. So timing was tough. As I as I already mentioned, the show was the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So uh, my P2, Brent, and I decided to extend our trip through that whole week since we had some time off from work anyways. So we flew down to Brazil and we actually paid a one-way cash fare that was pretty reasonable. And so we flew the Southwest Companion Pass from Austin to Miami, spent the night on, in Miami on Hyatt Boys, and then flew Latam from Miami to Rio with an overnight layover in Sao Paulo for something like $400 each. And so we strong, then we flew from Sao Paulo, Brazil to Mexico City for a few hundred bucks. And then from there, we flew from Mexico City to Austin using Virgin Atlantic points, uh, which ended up being some stranded points that I had in that account. And so that final piece, the only availability was in business class. It was a very tiny plane for a two-hour flight. So ideally, I would have saved on the points and booked economy. But considering it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving, you know, we had holiday prices to compete with. We had Taylor Brazil pricing. The demand went up there as well. So I was pretty happy to get what I got considering how specific our dates were and how much it would have cost otherwise if I wouldn't have repositioned 
using the companion pass or, you know, flew directly out of Austin. I think you got a better deal on your flights than I got on mine. Or at least going down there. I was pretty disappointed in what I ended up booking. Originally, I had booked flight out of Miami that was only 20,000 Delta miles. And it was on LATAM going down, connecting in Sao Paulo, going to Rio. But the whole idea of positioning to Miami with a connection and this whole hopping around to get there just kind of was wearing on me. So about a month out, I changed to the nonstop DFW flight to Sao Paulo on American Airlines. And it cost me 42000 in economy, which like hurts my heart, but it was a direct flight to Brazil. And I didn't have to worry about anything going wrong at a connection in the U.S. They're like missing my flight to Brazil. At least I would be close if I took a direct flight there. So, yeah, that's a good thing since you were actually flying in so close to when we needed to be there too, right? So the, I could see where those connections made it even a little bit more dicey, I suppose. Yeah, like more could I, go wrong. I came in the Friday night before the Taylor show that we were supposed to go up to on Saturday. So I was like only giving myself a night's leeway, hoping nothing went wrong. And so we got to Sao Paulo and my next flight from Sao Paulo to Rio was from the secondary airport in Sao Paulo, which that city has so much traffic. It is wild. And when you look at a map, you're like, oh, it's only like an hour between those. And if there were was no traffic, it would be an hour between the two airports. But it was two hours when we were going in an Uber. And then on the way home, we spent four hours in an Uber getting across Sao Paulo to get between airports. We did stop for lunch, but just be warned, like that city has so much traffic. And if you can avoid this connection from the secondary airport in Sao Paulo, I definitely recommend that. What's so insane. So we ended up staying at flying into the international airport and our connection was out of the international airport. And so we ended up staying at a Sao Paulo airport, Hampton Inn or something like that. It ended up being really nice. And I ended up being very pleased with my flights. The LATAM plane was new. It was nice. Even though we were booked in economy, I had daytime flights. So we weren't planning on sleeping on the plane anyways. And with the days on the flights that I booked, we had an empty middle. Uh, so it was, it was great. We had plenty of room to, to spread out and take naps when we wanted to. And we had a, we had a really nice flight down, all things considered. That's great. I had exit row because of my AA status on this economy flight. So at least I had the leg room getting down there. I still, it was an overnight flight and I just do not sleep on planes. No. And like definitely not in economy. So I was pretty exhausted when we landed. We took that Uber across the city to the secondary airport. And then we had a LATAM flight that we had booked on cash from that airport into Rio. And we got there and we were walking up to our gate to start boarding and our flight postponed. And we couldn't get on a flight till three hours later after the frustration of that right across the city and like no sleep and economy all night before. So <laughs> even getting... like there was a, a lounge, right? That was the small local airport. So there weren't a lot of options of places to hang out, I'm guessing. No, it was pretty boring. There was one priority pass lounge, but it was in between the passport control and the TSA security or security. So you couldn't like enter the terminal and then get back to this lounge. You would have to re-exit and get to it. And it just wasn't worth it. Oh my gosh. No, that is such a long day after an overnight flight that you don't sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't my favorite day of travel, that's for sure. So after all that happened, coming home, we were like, oh man, that economy was pretty rough. And we were coming home the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving landing on Thanksgiving Day at like 7 a.m. and like planning to take a nap and go to our Thanksgiving dinner with our families the very same day. So while we were in Rio, we would check the AA app like a couple times a day. And maybe the second or third day at breakfast, I checked it and two business class flights on American direct from Sao Paulo to DFW opened for 55,000 AA miles. I had, I think I had about 90,000 in my account at that time. And 
I have the Built Rewards credit card, which transfers over to AA. It's one of the only cards that transfers to American Airlines. So I just threw another another 20,000 points over into my American account from Built and was able to top off my account. And we flew business class home on AA for 55,000 points, which I was pretty thrilled with. I got a tiny nap on the plane and then tried to get a nap at home before Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> that is such a marathon. I was just exhausted listening to all of that for you. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> you made it. You pulled I it know. off. I know. Quite the journey. So in Rio, we all stayed at the Hilton Copacabana. It was the hotel program that all of us could easily find Hilton points. We either bought them on the sale where you get an extra 100% bonus point. I signed up for two Hilton cards to have enough points for this room. Other people had the points already. Other people transferred them from their Amex to their Hilton during one of the transfer bonuses. So it just worked out that the Hilton was the hotel that all of us could use our points and miles in some fashion to stay at. So, yes, because the rates were pretty elevated just because of the demand for the show, of course. And then the location was right. And there were so many good restaurants right on our doorstep. The views were amazing across the beach. I'm really happy with the way that worked out. And I think we're absolutely in the right spot. Yeah, it was a really good location. I would recommend that for any points and miles person who is going down there. The JW by Marriott is also on Copacabana Beach. Just didn't happen that all of us put together enough Marriott points to make that one work. So Hilton it is. Think, yeah, and I think there were a couple FHR hotels. I think if you're not going on a event weekend, prices are usually relatively reasonable. So if you wanted to use an FHR credit or a hotel's collection credit, that Fairmont wasn't too far either. That's nice. It's I still have that credit. I probably could have used it there, but moving hotels just didn't work out. No. I also used the Hilton Fifth Night Free, which is the very first time I've ever used that feature. I don't think I've ever stayed in a hotel five days straight in my life. We're more of like hop around and see a city for like three days, see somewhere else for two days kind of people. So it was kind of nice to stay in Rio and just not move. And we actually did have a very relaxing last day where it wasn't jam-packed with activities. It's pretty nice. That's great because that um, rooftop top pool was such a great place to hang out. I could have stayed there for another day and just kind of hung out there, did some light sightseeing, had another fantastic dinner in that neighborhood. I think five days is the right amount of time for Rio, for sure. If you're thinking of, of planning, there was just so much to do and then just kind of building in that extra hangout time. Absolutely. The Hilton has actually two pools. They have a fourth floor restaurant, and that's actually where breakfast is served. They have a really nice breakfast buffet. And if you have gold or above, you get free breakfast. And also this really nice side room at the breakfast where you always have seating for having Hilton elite status. You never had to like wait or fight for a table with the rest of the restaurant. And on yeah. that, there was a nice cocktail bar with a patio with a swimming pool on the fourth floor. And then the rooftop had another swimming pool and another bar and just a bunch of like nice, cozy patio furniture lounge areas overlooking the city skyline, the landscape and the beach. And I thought the service there was really good, too, at breakfast and in the drink areas over by the pool. So I didn't feel like we ever waited anything for long. And the hotel was obviously super busy that weekend too. So I was kind of happy. I was a Diamond member from having the Aspire card. I ended up getting a corner room that wasn't a suite, but it was a little bit bigger. So I think, you know, just being so busy and staying on points, I was pretty happy to get the view I had for my room and the space as well. So I don't have anything bad to say about that property at all. My room was awesome. I could see both the beach and Christ the Redeemer out my window. It was pretty incredible. The only complaints I probably have is it's a little bit dated. And you know how like when you're in like a little bit less developed country, you're, <laughs> this is really funny. You're not supposed to flush your toilet paper. Well, it's just kind of like muscle memory. And I don't know how to like not throw it in the toilet. This hotel, you could not. 
you cannot flush your doo-doo wipe. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm they are serious about it. <laughs> yes. Um, I've done some other travel around South America. So it was not the first time I run into that. Just the you know, the the plumbing is just not the same as what we're used to here at home. <laughs> yeah, it certainly wasn't the most up-to-date hotel, but you can't beat that location. The amenities were great. We didn't spend too much time hanging out in our rooms anyways. And they were absolutely, you know, nice enough for our stay and what we were there for. So would not hesitate to recommend it to anyone who's looking to stay in Rio on points. Yeah, it was a great property. All right, let's talk Taylor time. So the whole purpose of this trip was to go to Rio and we went to Taylor Swift Paris tour. We're going to bring in Drew because I kind of want to hear his opinion of what he thought when us girls were dragging him along on a trip to go see Taylor Swift and his opinion of the concert, the adventure. Did he research Taylor in advance to be prepared for this? Oh, it was an adventure. That's for sure. It was definitely an adventure. Hi, P. Drew. If anyone who hasn't met Drew or seen him in the group, this is my husband, Drew. We call him P. Drew because he's not a true P2. He was the original player one in our family. When I met him, he had the old SPG status and he was a platinum or titanium SPG member. I don't remember their status levels. That was almost before my time. And I kind of overtook him in the points and miles hobby, but he was definitely the original P1. So instead of us calling him P2, like we do all of the other significant others, he's P. Drew. So... Yeah, I started it with the SPG program and United. Drew, what did you think about going to Rio to see Taylor? When we told you we were going to buy tickets, like, what was your first thought? Well, my first thought was I'd absolutely go to Rio because that's been high on my list for a long time and I was all about going to see Rio. I had in my head that I really wanted to see some birds and Christ the Redeemer. And I thought at first I wanted to see some monkeys, but I, I got I got informed better that that's not a good idea. And so we didn't, we didn't tangle with any monkeys on this trip, but, but yeah, it was uh fantastic. The food was absolutely fantastic. The only parts you left out about the airports, especially the smaller one in Sao Paulo is while it is smaller with a, not a great lounge situation, there is a hot dog stand that we visited multiple times in our seven hour ordeal at that airport. So, you know, there's a bright side there. But other than that, the show was quite interesting. It was it was about the same crowd you'd expect in a US show. And it was pretty wild getting down there and seeing just like you see on TV here, seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of people lined up, except for here, they're lined up in excitement. There it was lined up because there was no assigned seating. So everyone was sitting outside racing to get in to get the best seats possible, which was certainly interesting, especially considering how hot it was. It was, uh, I believe 105. And yeah, it was, it was a sight to, a sight to see for sure. Yeah. So I would recommend going to Brazil not during a heat wave. Um, everything else was fantastic. <laughs> yes. Our rescheduled show that, or the next day when we went that it was like 80 degrees and raining that was that was wonderful that was that's perfect weather and that was pretty entertaining too just not just see the concert which we, we've seen live streamed many 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 times through dubious cell phone coverage to actually see it but then see it see them all performing in the rain that was actually pretty cool and uh, yeah right so for anyone who is a, a Taylor Swift fan and was following along with the shows in in Brazil yeah. We did go to the show that was postponed. So we were outside and as Drew said, it was 105 degrees with the humidity. It, it probably felt warmer. I think I read in an article that they said they were able to clock it inside the stadium with a feel of 140 degrees. So it was insanely hot. There were local businesses that had their water and they were spraying, you know, all these girls and women down. Everyone had fans and umbrellas trying to get some relief. And as Drew mentioned, there's no assigned seating in the stadium. So you're, the stadium is broken out into six different sections. And so you buy a ticket to a section. So that's why you were getting these really long lines for hours outside of the stadium. And so we ended up getting there hours early. I think we got there at, what, 2.30, 3 o'clock? Yeah, something uh, like that. 
yeah, something, something at least, at least two or three hours before doors open. And we ended up uh, bailing on the line. I did not do well in direct sunlight. It was really hot. We had no idea how long we'd be standing in the line. It would move a little and then stop. So we ended up kind of breaking off the line and seeking out some shade and, and kind of a break just because of how extreme these conditions were. And that's where we found our our hidden gym right next to the stadium where there was this down the side alley. There was this nice little instrument that they had some tables and some shade and they were selling beer and it was the like jumbo beers. And I believe it was a equivalent to a dollar forty American for a jumbo beer and and water and, you know, the bathroom and food. But ended up hanging out there for quite a while, which ended up being fun because they were the nicest people ever. And they were so friendly. And uh that was that was a quite a a good refuge in that time. Oh, absolutely. They had meats on sticks and they also had ice cold waters and ice cold Cokes and and those big bomber beers. And the, the local beer was really good. I think based on what I was expecting for, you know, a lot of times the national beer, it's, it's not that drinkable when you go to some of these places. But I was really pleasantly surprised by kind of what we were served by default in Brazil overall. Yeah, that I did like the national beer there compared to uh, a lot of the countries you go to, and it's it's just okay. But yeah, it was it was very good there, very refreshing, great spot to sit there and hang out, watch the lines go by, move incredibly slowly, admire our friendship bracelets, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> we absolutely made friendship bracelets. That was the best part. If you would have told me, you know, at the beginning of the year that I'd end up getting tickets to see Taylor Swift. Era's tour in Brazil, making friendship bracelets at the Hilton Copacabana. I would not have believed you. It's it's so funny, the crazy things that we do with points and miles. And credit to your P2, who's always the star of the show, for wearing his friendship bracelet the entire time we were in Rio. That was that was pretty impressive. Besides the fact that he was the star of the show at the actual concert for fetching us hot dogs, all of us, the the large hot dogs, right as the countdown hit like 30 seconds he arrived with the hot dogs and that was amazing it was great it was him coming up the stairs of the stadium with seven hot dog bags he had a beer for himself and it was literally perfect timing we were ready for the show we got our hot dogs at hand and like you said 30 seconds until taylor time it was it was just a beautiful thing speaking of that what i thought was like the most amazing thing about we we go to quite a few concerts and sporting events here. the The comparison was here, even before the show, everyone was sitting in their seats and nobody ever got up for like four hours. So if you needed to go to the bathroom, there was no line. If you wanted to go get a beer, there was no line. The merch tent, there was no line. So it was really pretty. It was pretty amazing. Like you, instead of missing like 30 minutes to, you know, go get a beer, go use the restroom, whatever, it, it was instant. And that was, that was pretty interesting and pretty awesome. Yeah. Overall, when we were able to go to the show right after it, it got postponed, it was a really well organized environment. It was comfortable, you know, other than the, the weather. Right. But I think especially after the postponement, it's not like they brought some more staff on as well just to make sure that things went smoothly. And I, I really think overall that it did. The stadium that we went to was one that was built for the Olympics. It had a metro station right next to it. And I think one thing that I was pleasantly surprised about is how nice and air-conditioned those train cars were, even on the day of the worst heat wave. And so that was a really nice setup that they have there. And it was pretty neat that they, since the concert ended pretty late, Normally the metro line shut down and normally that might be maybe a less safe place to be late at night around midnight. It was really cool that they blocked off all of the metro stations, all of the train lines. So the 60,000 people attending that concert were the only people allowed on the metro lines to get to wherever they needed to go. So it ended up being a super safe environment after the show late at night, getting back to our hotel, which was pretty cool. Absolutely. And even getting there, it was really good signage. I remember seeing on the platform leaving the show, they had lots of people telling you which direction the trains were going and directing people. So so the logistics ended up being great to get back to Copacabana Beach. And, and that part of it went really smoothly. Yeah, I thought it was super convenient. The Metro is maybe 
six blocks from the Hilton. So all of us Swifties getting off at the same time, like it was no problem walking at midnight back to our hotel with a crowd of the same people getting off the metro with us. So very safe. Yeah, that part worked out really, really nicely. And the show was just amazing. So today is actually when it's available for streaming. So happy happy birthday, birthday, Taylor. Taylor. I don't know. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to go to the Ares tour using points and miles, you know, during during a high cost season, high demand. We were able to get rooms on points, which was amazing. Um, and that was a really big part of the cost that was taken away with a few credit cards and most of us having status. We got a few really fun perks. That, that made the trip nice. Fun fact, Taylor has three cats and so do we. Well, that is a fun fact. <laughs> That's a very fun fact. Babies. But Brazil was amazing. I think it's one of the, the best food countries that I've ever been to. Everything we ate in Brazil, and we barely left that neighborhood between... It was great for sightseeing. It was you know convenient to get back and forth from the show. So we mostly ate around the Hilton Copacabana and every meal was absolutely fantastic. The food yeah. was amazing. That's one of my top food destinations I think I've ever been to. And we had the pleasure of just being able to follow our, our guide, Brent's meat map, and it worked out perfect. Yeah, so the way that we travel is Brent never got into to points and miles. I mean, other than reading his emails and and being really good at filling out the right credit card applications. But one thing that he does do before we travel is he does extensive research on restaurants and food in the areas that we're going to. And so he'll pin, do his research, pin some Google Maps. And so we ended up following a lot of his suggestions while we're in Copacabana. And he, he definitely, he definitely did his research. We had some really nice meals. Yeah. Meat is his passion. Absolutely. No, he knows his meat. Not only was he our hot dog hero at the concert, he was pretty much like fed us the entire time with the research he had done. And he did a great job. I was in love with every meal I had there. I never felt that I had to go to McDonald's to get that American meal because I was like tired of eating the food because that happens to me on trips sometimes. And I never had that feel here. Everything was excellent. And the drinks were amazing. Yeah, it was it was so good. And then just the diversity in food, like you said, it was hard to get bored because there was just an, another good something different right around the corner. So I, w- I want to go back and just eat some more because every everything we had was fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was great. And it was so cheap. And including like the food was really great pricing. The drinks, we had some caparinas on the beach on the last day and every little bar lining the beach or lining the street and stuff makes their caparinas from scratch on site and they're like muddling the limes and cutting them and pouring everything by hand and shaking it by hand. These caparinas we got on the beach were like a full-size cup and they were like a dollar or two dollars. It was just wild. That's so amazing. No, and the cocktails there were were so good. Even, you know, even, even in the restaurants, everywhere I got a Moscow mule from, it all came and I guess this must be, I don't know if it's a local thing or what, but instead of coming with ginger beer, it kept coming with this ginger foam that was just like this whipped ginger and it didn't seem like dairy, but I don't know if it was something else, but the cocktails were just absolutely fantastic. And you went to the beach, but I wasn't there. I didn't take advantage. I think the Hilton offered beach service as well, right? Yeah, the Hilton has their own volleyball set up on the beach with equipment for hotel guests. They have chairs and umbrellas that all you have to do is sign your room number and they'll bring out chairs, set them up, put an umbrella up for you. It was just really good service. And I think they do like beachfront yoga on some days of the week, like all kinds of activities related to the hotel. So that's pretty cool. I really liked it. We took a walk down just a block or two from the hotel to check out a grocery store. And we ended up buying some of the cachaca liquor that goes in the caparinas. And we brought back to the room and like mixed it with some local soda that Brent had found that really liked. One of my favorite things 
in any city is like to go into the convenience store or go into the grocery store and just like check out the different sodas or the different chip flavors or the different alcohols or like it's just what do I it makes you feel like you just like understand the place and know it better just to see how like people buy their food and like the different products they have I really like it Oh, totally agree. And we went to a like a, a nice, a really nice grocery store that one night. We just kind of popped in and out. And then there was one right around the corner. And that's where you guys got a glimpse of of the bird, right? Yeah. So we were looking for sunscreen or rain ponchos or something. And we were walking by this drugstore. And this is actually probably Drew's favorite part of the trip because he really wanted to see birds. So we'll let him tell it. Well, yeah, that was the whole that since we talked about going to Rio, that was the main thing I wanted to see was I was hoping I would just be hanging out in everyday life. And then all of a sudden I saw a toucan or something amazing. And we were walking by one of the local drugstores and I just happened to look over and on the front entrance of it where all the baskets are stacked, there was just a little bird, a little colorful tropical bird just sitting there on the baskets. And just hanging out, gnawing on the newspaper. And I was, that made my day. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I sit there, we took pictures of it for like a minute or two, like, oh my gosh. And then this uh, guy walked up and I was like, oh man, what does this guy want? And he just ends up talking to the bird, uh, apparently his pet. And the bird just hops on his arm and then he just turns off and walks down the street with his bird on the arm. So it was like, it's like taking a dog to a store and you tie him up out front. And it was basically the same thing with Bert. And it was amazing. I'm so glad you had that experience. And Drew, can you confirm that your interest in wanting to go to Rio, did that happen before or after the movie Rio came out? It was after. Our daughter absolutely loves the movie. And we did watch it this summer with you guys for research. It's It's got some some pretty good points and it's pretty accurate. So on some in, on some instances, so... We brushed up on it a little bit and uh, yeah, it might've been humming that song in my head, you know, half the trip, but other than that. It's amazing. No, we did in fact watch the, the movie Rio just in case it had any useful tips for us. And I do, I do agree that it did. Yeah. It kind of suggested that the monkeys could be jerks. And then our travel buddy who went with us, Aaron is a vet and she's like, oh yeah, I don't mess with monkeys. So we knew we didn't want to go up on the mountain that I think it's Sugar Sugarloaf has yeah. the tram that goes up. And supposedly there's monkeys up there that steal your stuff. We didn't actually oh, go yeah. up there. Two of our travel friends, Auburn and Kevin, went up to see the sights and they were in a cloud the entire time they were up there. So missed those views. And then all of us got tickets to go up to see Christ the Redeemer. And the morning after the concert, we're going up to Christ the Redeemer. You go on this really cool cog train that goes up the side of the mountain. And as we're climbing and climbing in the train, we're going through the jungle and the jungle suddenly becomes a cloud. And by the time we got to the top, we were entirely in a cloud with Christ the Redeemer and we could barely see him. So... (laughs) It was actually comical about how, you know, we emerged to the top and it, I mean, it's, it's high up there and since we could see it from the hills of Copacabana. So this um, tram ride up is actually really cool. I'm sure when you can see stuff. Uh-huh. So once we got out to the top, you know, we kind of walked around and it, it's cool to see in person, even if you can't see the details because of all the, the cloud cover and fog that's rolled in. So I'm definitely glad we made it up there. We didn't have a lot of flexibility in our schedule. So that's kind of the day we had to be up there. But but yes, it was it was actually kind of comical how over overcast it was that that day with clouds that we could not see like further from 10 feet out, I swear it sometimes. He was hiding from us. He did not want to look at us. It's okay though, because just below it, there's a little stand. There's a souvenir stand, and then to the other side, there's a little cafe that serves several gourmet hot dogs and hamburgers, if that's your thing. Yeah, I had a nice little coffee from that stand, too. And I think there was 10 seconds when the clouds kind of moved and everyone got excited. And then the 10 seconds passed. It it was once again covered in clouds. So still worth it to go up there and check it out and say that we did it for sure. But if you do have the flexibility to get a day with better visibility, we also heard it's absolutely you know, packed with people when that's the case. So definitely go early 
if that's on your list of things to do in Rio. Another thing, you guys had already taken off to go to your next hotel. But another thing we went and checked out with Auburn and Kevin is the Escadaria Celeron. And it's this really gorgeous staircase that goes up in this neighborhood. And the artist, Celeron, has covered this staircase with over 2,000 tiles from like 60 different countries. And it's just a really like fun little neighborhood. There's some good restaurants at the bottom. There's some really good photo shots while you're on the stairs to post on your Instagram. And you get to walk through everyone's selfies and poses and mess it up with a keperina in your hand. Um, and right near the top on the right is actually where we got the best keperinas of the entire trip. They were only a dollar at this little bar that's at the, oh, the top right of the stairs. And it was probably the best drink I had the entire time we were there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm bummed we missed out, but we had planned to move, move along. And then with the show being rescheduled, kind of changed the amount of time for we would have for sightseeing. So we had moved on at that point. Where'd you guys head to? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we ended up heading down the coast between Rio and Sao Paulo and staying in a little town colonial town called Parachi. And first of all, the ride down there was gorgeous. It's it's an area with a lot of like national parks and sort of where the rainforest meets the sea right there. And we ended up staying at a little inn in this colonial town where all the architecture was gorgeous. I believe it's a UNESCO heritage site as well. And we went on a schooner for something like $25. And they took us out for five hours. We went to four different swimming spots and stayed about 45 minutes in each spot. They had two photographers on, like posing people and, you know, offering photo packages and this, this beautiful site that looked like paradise. And, and one interesting thing that I learned when I was doing research for this trip. Is that there's a villa there in Parachi, which is actually where the honeymoon from Twilight, the vampire movies, was filmed, which is hilarious. But just a gorgeous area. Lot once again, great food there in town. Everything we ate was amazing. Wonderful drinks. The inn we stayed at had a little pool that we took a dip in one night, and the water there was just clear. There were a lot of like protected areas. So a lot of ecotourism type stuff in that area. And it was, it was a nice little retreat to get some, some sort of just hang time and beautiful beach time in before we flew out of Sao Paulo. So where we were was about right in between. There's buses that run frequently. We ended up booking a, a private transfer and did sort of a door to door type situation that was which is really easy and convenient for us. But it was just a really lovely time. I'd highly recommend checking the, the coast between those two big Brazilian cities if you do have the opportunity. Yeah, it looked really great. I was a little jealous you got to keep going on your trip and we had to go home for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, not, it was great. We ended up having Thanksgiving dinner in Sao Paulo. So we stayed one night at the Intercontinental on our way out of Brazil. And so I ended up using points. And as a platinum member, I, I have the legacy IHC card. They ended up booking us into this beautiful suite just for one night. I had a separate living area. It had a hallway across from the bathroom, which was essentially like an open closet with robes and lots of other nice amenities. So the bathroom was big and gorgeous. And the Intercontinental was just in a really fantastic location. Uh, but unfortunately, we only had one night before we continued on to Mexico City to visit some friends and then catch our flight home to Austin. So Mexico City is a really, you know, frequent destination for me. I use it as stopping off points to connect to and from South America because a lot of times I'll be able to fly from South America a lot cheaper to Mexico City. And then now I know I can just use Virgin Atlantic points to, to get the rest of the way home. That, that may be my go-to here going forward. Yeah, I was pretty jealous of that second location you went to. And some people told me about a few other beach locations that sounded really great. But I think we really lucked out on our timing here because October 1st, Brazil was going to reinstate their visa requirement. 
And luckily for us on this trip, they postponed it. And now it's starting January 10th of 2024 instead. So we really lucked out and not having to do like the extra hassle that's going to come with this visa because some of it kind of sounds like a pain. Yeah, I agree. Although that being said, now that we've been to Brazil once, knowing how a lot of times I see really great cash fares out of Miami to Brazil, like $300 round trip or something like that. And so I'm due for a new passport after the first of the year. I'm probably going to get one knowing that the visa is good for 10 years, knowing that I could use major cities in Brazil to hop off or take side trips or what have you. It's definitely something on my radar for after the first of the year. Yeah. So the visa process is kind of funny here. I don't know if a lot of countries do this, but these In Brazil, they require you have $2,000 and submit the last 30 days of your bank statement. And that just seems so odd to me. I guess I've never encountered that before. But it's an $80 electronic visa and you have to have a flight arriving and departing to submit. And then two free visa pages in your passport that are open. So... Yeah, definitely read the requirements. You know, knowing that this is a brand new requirement... I think I'll probably watch and try and look out for news when hearing how it's going the first few weeks before kind of pursuing it myself. But um, yeah, the, the requirements are interesting. Speaking of passports, I think we're going to wrap up our Rio discussion and I'm going to move on to tip of the week. And... That's regarding passport turnaround times because they're super short right now. And if you need your passport, this would be a great time to either go out and get it for the first time or renew your passport. So I had submitted ours for renewal right after we got back from Brazil on November 25th. I expedited it because I didn't know if it was going to be fast or not. And I just kind of wanted it back by the new year. And it's back already. I got it back in two weeks. And there's a bunch, there's a bunch of data points in the group that even without expediting, they're coming back in like three weeks or a month right now. So it's a really great time to get your passport if you don't have it or you need to renew it. Hopefully that's still the case after the first of the year. For sure. So we're going to wrap it up here. If you have questions, you can join us in our Award Trouble 101 community where we have over 100,000 members who enjoy talking about their trips and points and miles. You can also find our Award Trouble 201 community where we have more intermediate and advanced strategies related to points and miles. We have our Award Travel one-on-one booking service where you can book a consultation with one of our team members to get either a credit card strategy, help with booking, or just one-on-one award travel help. You can email us at at contactawardtravel at gmail.com or you can meet us in person. Unfortunately, our next meetup in San Antonio is sold out, but there is a wait list you can get on. And if you're looking to meet Pedro, you can find him at our meetup. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. Bye, everyone.